Jess. And I'm Tiff. And we're your Curious Cousins. Where we talk about everything kooky and spooky in the state of Oklahoma. Welcome to episode 33. Welcome. How are you? Great. That's good. <laughs> I mean, I'm not great. I mean, I'm fine. No. I'm good. <laughs> it's really funny because um, we always ask each other how we're doing as if we just didn't spend the last 20, 30 minutes before hitting record talking to each other. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so really, one day what we should do is we should just hit record and then everybody can listen to our thoughts and we could post it on Patreon or something. Oh, yeah, that would probably. <laughs> our before show thoughts. Our before show. Yeah, before show thoughts. There we go. So... By the time this episode comes out, um, it'll be a week after, because mm-hmm. we're always a week behind when we talk about things. So we did, Jess and I wanted to address what you all heard on last week's podcast, yes. where we um, literally hit record right after we had both gotten notifications that there was an active shooter on the University of Oklahoma's campus. Yes. And now we know that that was a false alarm. Mm-hmm. And which we are thankful that it was a false alarm, but at the same time, uh, I believe I think we I can speak for both of us, but mm-hmm. we're both very disgusted, yeah, with that, and I because it, it it's such a hot topic, and mm-hmm. it's so like in our faces right now, yeah, as a nation, like that's just not something to joke about. Yeah, if that was a prank, like that's a sick, sick joke. Absolutely. And it's- absolutely not funny and and if you're thinking that this is the kind of joke that you need to play on people please reach out to um a mental health specialist because that is not a joke that we as a country at this point can take lightly no not at all because if you think about it like that just i don't know it just minimizes all those people that really have lost their lives in those types of situations. And, you know, that's a real concern with so many people in our country. And because there are literal people out there whose whole families mm-hmm. are in school buildings mm-hmm. or in places like that. And, and I'm, I'm not talking about it just because, like, I have personal – I mean, I do. I have personal experience in this, not being a victim of that – of, like, a school shooting, but – I mean, I'm faced with that every day. Like, I know what my role is every day if that were to ever happen to me or my classroom. So I just have to think about the people whose, I mean, there's people's people's babies Mm -hmm. are there, no matter what their age is. Even if they're 22 years old at a university, Mm -hmm. that's somebody's baby. Yeah. And why do we, we don't want to scare people like that. It's just uncalled for and I'm disgusted with it. Yeah, absolutely. Again, like last week, you and I don't have the answers, Mm-mm. but we got to we got to figure something out. Yeah, so it's just um, it's sad, and it's uh, you know life isn't a video game. You can't just hit Absol- reset. Oh, and that's a great point. Yeah, it's um, you know it's sad that this is something we're faced with weekly. Mm-hmm. It seems like almost. I know. I just so yeah. But that's not fun. Let's not do that again, please. Yeah. World. And then we also, last week, we mentioned reaching out. Oh, yeah. To have mm-hmm. our fans, like, <laughs> submit art for us to potentially make stickers or T-shirts or yeah. um, 
wall art for and if you're interested in that if you have a great ability of that please please reach out please reach out to us i think we've had one person Uh who's kind of reached out already and i'm really excited to see what their work is Uh but guys i mean there is literally there's no such thing as too much right and i mean we both have ideas but like putting it into paper oh, for or sure. if you're able like, to put an idea onto paper please reach out to us because Jess has like this great idea <laughs> and I just I don't have the ability to put it down on paper I don't either <laughs> and if somebody did that would be so awesome yeah so and if you have your own ideas oh ex- absolutely you know, absolutely anything that reflects our podcast right we would love to get that out there yeah we'd love so, to get your work out there for yeah. sure too absolutely so anyway so yeah, this week we are talking about some spookies. Spookies. Yeah. Do you mind if I go first? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, so I did a cryptid. And Ooh. I do just want to uh, do kind of like a warning first because it's... Jess is having a warning? Yeah, only because I know... There's little ears that listen. Yes. My niece is one of them. I have, I have several Anna, students. Love you. Um, and it's just like what I'm going to be discussing, it can be creepy and Ooh, uh, a little disturbing maybe. And so I just want to put it out there that... Maybe nightmare um, inducing. Nightmare inducing. So okay. um, you might want to skip to tiffs. Okay. And can, can I skip to tiffs? No. Oh, so uh, just going to throw that out there. So my sources are Oklahoma Seminole Medicines, Magic, and Religion by James H. Howard in collaboration with Willie Lena and Erie, Oklahoma by Heather Woodward. Okay. <laughs> so my topic is now, okay, I apologize if I say this wrong. If anyone knows how to say it correctly, please reach out. <laughs> but this is the Stakini or the Owl Man. Oh, I'm excited. So. I'm equally freaked out. <laughs> it, it was a lot creepier than I bargained for. <laughs> I'll just say that. So anyway, some people may find owls to be adorable or even cute. Yeah, haven't you ever seen a little baby owl? And, you know, you know, I don't know if I've actually seen a baby owl or not. But I'm just going to say this kind of changed my mind on owls. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, our grandmother is one of those people. She, her house is decorated with yes. several owl All motifs yeah. and whatever you want to. I don't mind owls. Well, you might change your mind, too. So, however, there might be some people who have quite the opposite opinion. Owls can be somewhat creepy. Okay, I just Googled the pictures of baby owls to show her. <laughs> like that one? <laughs> I found some creepy ones for her, um, too. I was like, oh. Okay, that white fluffy one is cute. <laughs> Everybody just get on Google and just Google baby owls. Anyway, so let's talk sorry, about some. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let's talk about some creep, creep, creepness. First off, okay, they're nocturnal, yes. right? 
Therefore, if or when you are out and about in the dark, they're up flying around, <laughs> making sounds in the night, which if you're paranoid like I am, you're going to think <laughs> the worst. <laughs> Second, they can practically turn their heads all the way around. That's enough said. <laughs> Third, some owls sleep face down as if they're dead. That I didn't know that. That's very strange. I won't lie. That is very strange. Well, if those reasons aren't kooky or spooky enough for you, in some lore, the cry of an owl is seen as an omen of death. I have heard that before, especially if it's like during the day. Mm-hmm. And this is where the legend of the Stakini uh, takes owl lore. It takes owl lore to like a whole other level of terror anyway to understand the stinkini lore we have to talk about the seminoles and their beliefs because the legends surrounding the stinkini come from the seminoles and their beliefs and the stinkini obviously go hand in hand okay and i briefly touched on this when we collaborated with the sirens oh yeah yeah, southern true crime podcast And we talked about, when we talked about the witch trials Mm -hmm, in Oklahoma. mm -hmm. So if you haven't checked that out, you should definitely go do that. It's a fun time. The Seminoles are a Native American tribe that originated in Florida, but they were relocated to Oklahoma during the Trail of Tears. Now, there now there are like tribes in both regions Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the Seminoles of course are one of Oklahoma's five civilized tribes Yes, and they are most known for their green corn dance and tobacco rituals and their nation tribal complex is in Wawoka Oklahoma which you know is just about like 45 miles outside of Oklahoma City okay and the traditional Seminole world is just saturated with witchcraft and magic mm-hmm. and with a type of magic for any and every occasion. So in Seminole culture, witches and the Stegini are very much go hand in hand or they very much go hand in hand is what I should say. Okay. The Seminoles believed that most illness, if not caused by offended animal spirits or ghosts was due to the schemes of witches and witches can operate along at long distances by magically sending quote medicine arrows through the air towards their victim at close range they can introduce bad medicine into food or drink and at other times they accomplish their evil works by shape-shifting into animals and it was said that witches would most often um adopt the form of a horned owl then they would go on their way to do their monstrous errands according to the seminoles the stinkini is a vampiric creature that takes the form of a normal human being by day and then an owl uh looking for prey at night and in certain lore, the Stikini is a human witch that grew more terrible and more powerful the more evil they released into the world oh. upon people and uh, with their damning deeds. Oh my gosh. Okay. So okay. they have 
unnatural super strength and they can easily rip a person apart without any effort. The stakini changes form in the most horrendous way. Oh no. <laughs> I don't know that I'm ready for this. Here's where the warning comes in. <laughs> At night, Oh, this is so gross. This, I laugh because I'm uncomfortable. Right. This is so gross. So at night, they vomit up their entrails. I'm out. One source said no. that they vomit up their no. souls, no. their blood, and their organs. No, 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 no. And then no. they leave them hanging high up in a tree. She's waving her arm around. I can <laughs> see it, I can. Like a lunatic. Um they hang them, they hang these entrails high up in a tree so that, you know, no other animals can eat them. And then that's when they turn into an owl and go in search of an easy victim. Now, what? now I've heard, I've heard where they, it's like they turn into an owl and then I've seen where like in pictures and stuff where they look like an owl man, like they have, you know, like they're walking on two feet and they're huge and. They have these claw hands, like so. I'm not sure. Oh. You know, you look like you want to say something. I, I, I'm at a loss for words, which is really unusual. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they vomit up, okay, and they hang it in the. Okay, no, mm-hmm. no, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I, it's been nice knowing you. <laughs> this is now a Jesserific episode. <laughs> oh, it gets more fun. It, so, goody. so the stakini looks for humans who are asleep or in like some kind Excellent. of vulnerable. Excellent. <laughs> wow. They're asleep or or in a vulnerable state. So, oh using black magic. Oh, geez. The stinkini can put all the people in the household into a no. deep sleep. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. No. And then they can then go to work on their intended victim. So when they find their prey, the vampiric owl will hmm, rip the victim's heart out through their mouth and then leave the bloody body for others to find. And they like reach their hand down your throat, down the gullet, and pull your heart out through that? With black magic, yes, that is correct. I was about to say they got little teeny tiny hands. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, some of those pictures that I saw, uh, let me Ugh. tell you. Ugh. So one source said that the heart would later be cooked by the witch slash stickini in a small iron kettle and then devoured. Another source kind of implied that the feeding would happen like immediately. It was believed that these witches that shapeshifted added to their own lifespans by stealing and eating these hearts and then each heart stolen and eaten by a witch added like two or three years to their own life all uh harry potter that's that's all i that's all i I, i'm thinking of the unicorn blood yes so after the stinkini is done feeding it will then go back to its entrails, right? That oh, it, well. Those entrails that they vomited up and hung in the tree. Don't you know? leave them hanging around. Yep. So they'll go back to these entrails where they will then swallow their entrails oh, whole. No. If I have a then, nightmare tonight, I am calling you. 
And then they would then return back to their human form. Oh. After all of that. I can do spooky. I can't do gory. I can't. This, well, I, I didn't know what I got myself into. I can, I can tell. So the Stakini were so terrible and feared that it was extremely frowned upon to even say the word. Because it was like this fear that just saying the word Stakini would summon the creature. Or even worse, it would be like you're calling it to curse yourself and then you become do one. Do they still believe this, do you think? I, you know, I Today, honestly don't know. If someone is of the Seminole, Seminole tribe. nation mm-hmm. and we are being disrespectful in any ways, please let us know. Because yeah, I know that there are some Native American tribes, there are certain entities. I like to refer to them as flesh pedestrians. <laughs> um, I got that from another podcast. That, you know, you don't talk, you don't say their name because it's uh-huh. disrespectful. If Owl Man is one of them, <laughs> please let us know because we don't want to be disrespectful. No, to any, not at all. Any culture by any no. means. But um, I, I, you couldn't even say their name. I mean. No. Oh. Well, and because of that, um, the Stikini were only talked about through uh, a medicine man or like a shaman because – you know, these medicine men were able to um, protect themselves from these supernatural evils. And, you know, this is actually really interesting because this fear of the supernatural being, Mm -hmm. this specific one, it really became prevalent in the 1800s. And this, of course, is right when the Seminoles or the Seminole tribe was forced out of Florida and forced to come to Oklahoma on the Trail of Tears. So that was really when it became prevalent. Well, there's lots of negative energy going around during that. Lots of heartache and Mm -hmm. anger and abuse and ugliness. Yes. I can imagine the type of forces that could, the energies that just clashing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So I know you're, I know you're dying to know. Am how I? how do you kill a stinkini oh. if you come across one? I know that's what you were going to ask me. I would run it over with my car. Here's what you do. Okay. I will let you know. Okay. If you happen to run into a stinkini in its human form, which... How would you know? Exactly. It would be okay. hard to tell them apart. Okay. So, um, except their moral compass might be a little skewed, so... That's one oh. that's one sign or indication that you might be dealing with one of these creatures. I might have a lot of friends that are like that. <laughs> I know. Some of the stuff is like, I feel like they're describing me. <laughs> Jess's moral compass is off. Not my She's moral compass is off, but no. um, well, like, you know, they don't, okay, they don't really care about, you know, average social norms or traditions. <laughs> They tend to keep to themselves. Oh, no. Um, you know, they'll be kind of like an outsider. They'll live outside of town. Okay. Oh. You know, basically, they're hermits with no social skills is basically what it is. And yeah, you have social skills. Uh, some might disagree with that. <laughs> to kill a stinkini. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, to kill a stinkini, first, you have to find their stinky entrails that are hanging from a tree and destroy them. 
I mean, probably not hard because they're probably smelly, and you'd probably be wondering why your tree was smelly. I mean, trees uh, don't typically uh, smell. I don't imagine that smelling good. You know, the. But I also feel like if you find something like that hanging in trees, you probably got bigger problems. Right. Well, you know, the stink of the entrails leave behind, (laughs) or the stink the entrails leave behind can be a dead giveaway to. The witches or the creatures, if that is what you want to call them, to their base of operations. So that's their one base way of to operations. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, no. Once once the entrails have been destroyed, the vampiric owl will not be able to shapeshift back into its human form, and it will eventually die from exposure to the sun. So I guess well, that's kind of where the vampiric oh, owl okay. aspect like, kind of comes here. in, and. Also, it never really said how you destroy them. Okay, just that you do. But you know, maybe fire and burn them, or I mean, I'm sure they're with some wooden pegs or something. I mean, if they can't, if they can't have sunlight, maybe if you stabbed them with some wooden stakes or something. I mean, leave them out in the sun. Who knows? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that too. Huh? Interesting. So, another source said that the most effective way to kill a witch slash stinkini is by using a special arrow fletched oh. with owl feathers and it will have real sm- owl fl- feathers or stinkini owl feathers, feathers. Okay. owl feathers and with small grooves cut near the point and it's thought that these small grooves would contain like herb medicines okay and because i think i didn't i didn't include this in the in my notes but when i was reading it i believe it said that they the the points of the arrows didn't contain like stone or um like metal for like the arrowhead i think it was just um kind of carved out into the the base of the air or you know just into a point right, okay, okay and then yeah. shot so um, it would be of wood right the arrow would be made of wood kind uh-huh. of like a wooden stake through a vampire mm-hmm. okay, okay kind of yeah to use such an arrow the witch hunter must remove all their clothes except what? for their shoes circle the house counterclockwise once and then shoot the stinky so you have to have great aim you better hope it's in the cold. dark and, it, and it's not cold <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> so it's That's, good thing I mean, it's dark. Right? <laughs> I don't know what I'd be more scared of. A stinking ear. <laughs> or the medicine man <laughs> standing outside my house with no clothes on. <laughs> well, it just said witch hunter. Or, yeah, medicine woman. Could be you. I apologize. So I want to read you an excerpt from the Oklahoma Symbols Medicine, Magic, and Religion book from or by James H. Howard, who collaborated with Willie Lena. And Willie Lena was a member of the Seminole tribe. And... He was actually um, the source for this book. Okay. And so um, I can't remember when the when it was written, but I guess, I mean, I guess I could probably look at that. It was published in 1984. And so during this time, um, you know, there were still some members of the tribe that believed, believed these beliefs. So this is from... Chapter four, Magic and Witchcraft. And this is a story that Willie told James Howard. 
So I'm just going to read it to you really quick. Okay. This is a true story about a witch. You know little boys see lots of things. They're always around playing and seeing things they're not supposed to. One time, a little boy of this type came and said to his grandpa, I saw an old man when I was out playing. He walked behind a stump. Then I saw a shadow and an owl flew away from the stump. His grandpa told him to keep a close watch on the stump. Later, he saw an owl light on the stump. And shortly, the same old man walked out from behind it. Again, he told this to his grandpa. His grandpa said, did you see him kneeling behind the stump and throwing up? Why, yes, I did. Oh, God. The grandpa asked, did you see anything else? Well, I saw a bunch of old guts hanging there on the stump. That was a bad man you saw, grandson. The two of them went out to the stump, and surely enough, there were the guts and other insides of the old witch. Even the heart was there, still beating. Oh, no. They took all of the stuff down and fed it to their dogs. Later, the little boy saw an owl come to the stump. It flew around and around in an agitated manner. It was seen doing this for four days. At the end of that time, the body of this old witch was found near the stump. Owls were hooting in a nearby tree. That's a terrible story. So I guess if you don't burn it with fire, you can feed it to your dog. I just feel like that would get, like, if it's so evil, would it, like, That's have some kind of, like, evil backlash the on the, who you yeah, fed it to or something? Right. I don't know. Anyway, that's, that's the stickini. I don't like that. And like I said, it was very, um, a lot more creepy and gruesome. Yeah, Jess. So. Wow. Um, You're welcome. We have any listeners still left at this point. (laughs) Oh, I will be the first to tell you I could do spook all day long. Creep me out. That's fine. Blood and guts. I cannot do. See, I'm I'm not a good horror person. See, I'm the opposite. Well, I, I mean, I don't like horror movies. Like, that's not my jam. Yeah. But, like, blood and guts don't bother me. I can watch, like, a war movie nope. all day, every day. I don't want to see someone's arm get blown off. I don't. I don't. That I just, I can't. I, that's why I'm not a doctor. It doesn't bother me. But spooky creep things do. Like the Knox building in Enid, Oklahoma? I guess we'll find out. Yes. <laughs> well, I have. I have a very big friend base from Enid. Uh-huh. Uh, my best friend, Jenny from Enid and then my best friends Meredith and Jill and I was about to say I was about to say Mill and try to say Mary and Jill at the same time. Uh, so I apologize for that uh, Meredith Mary and Jill are both uh, all three from Enid as well we were all four sorority sisters at Oklahoma State well and our cousin lives close to Enid yes Miranda lives in Fairview which is very close to Enid and of course my husband is from the Woodward area, and so it's about an hour Mm -hmm. west of Enid. So I have a lot of connections there Mm -hmm. in Enid, and so I decided that I would do them a solid and cover (laughs) one of their spooky buildings called the Knox Building. Cool. I'm interested. I um, studied Ghost and Legends of Oklahoma by Mike Rick Secker, Haunted Oklahoma by Jeff Provine, <laughs> Oklahoma Historical Society, and OklahomaHauntedHouses.com. And I think I've mentioned this before. If you are not a subscriber or a follower of o- or Oklahoma Haunted Houses, 
Com. You need to do it, especially if you like to visit haunted houses. Like, even if you just like to go during spooky season, like the haunted house trails and stuff. If you like to visit the haunted house trails, they will post all about them. But then they actually post about real haunted places. Mm-hmm. So I really do um, appreciate using them. So shout out to them. Thanks. So let's do a little background information on the Knox building. Okay. It really, in the scheme of things, is not that old mm-hmm. when you think about it. It was built in 1924, so it's okay. almost 100 years old. It is located at 303 West Broadway in downtown Enid, Oklahoma. It was originally constructed for the Garfield County Masons and named the Enid Masonic Temple. Okay. Currently, it is known as the Knox Building and also shares the name of the Enid Symphony Center because oh. it's the home of the Enid Symphony Orchestra. Okay, kind of hard cool. To say that. When it was originally built, like I said, it was the home of the Garfield County Freemasons. It was built in the, and I will tell you that I put these architecture things in there simply for my cousin Rachel. (laughs) She's probably the only one who even cares. Uh, It was built in the Italian Renaissance Revival style, boasting five stories with several meeting halls and ballrooms and office spaces. The Masonic Temple was located on the top two floors of the building while offices were housed in the bottom three floors. Did they rent those out or something? Yes. Oh, okay. There in the top floors, the top two floors, where the Masons met, the main lobby was fashioned and was called an Egyptian lobby. Oh. So picture this in your mind. Okay. Um, King Tut's tomb had been opened only two years prior to the building's construction. Mm -hmm. So Egyptian, pharaohs, you know, pyramid scheming. Uh Uh-huh. Not pyramid, that kind of pyramid scheming, but pyramid... Egyptian pyramid decor yeah. was all the rave at that, t- in oh, that time yeah. period. So it was wildly popular, so fashionable. And so, you know, if you can just imagine that this is what that lobby mm-hmm. looked like you were stepping into. That'd be cool to see. Absolutely. And you can go see it. You can go see it because we'll get there, but you can go see it. The floors of the symphony hall mimic those now of a famous French palace or of the famous French palace. Of Versailles. Oh. So not only are the floors replica of Versailles, but many of the wall hangings and murals and 24 karat gold gold leaf uh, gilding, they uh-huh. were all copied oh. from that. Um, in the 1920s, this was the place to be. Oh, sounds right. like it. Roaring 20s, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, however... Upon the hills of it, it being finally constructed, the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl hit Enid exceptionally hard. Enid is in western Oklahoma where the Dust Bowl did take most of its toll when it hit. The Masons were unable to keep the building up, to keep paying for the building, and so they sold it to an oil man by the name of Charles Knox in the 1940s. It's always an oil man. Right. In this I think they especially. were the only ones who had money at this time. In this state. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Now, I'm going to point out that in all of my research, there were never any exact dates given. Oh. And as a type A person, that really drives me crazy, but it is what it is. The Masons did continue to rent out the space, those top two floors, from Knox himself. Uh However, I mean, because of the times, he did have to increase rent and eventually the Freemasons were unable to meet the rent, and uh-huh. so they were forced out of the building. 
Knox kept the building until 1981 when he sold it or when somebody from his family, I don't know if it was him or if somebody from his family sold it. After the selling of the building, a $3.2 million renovation started. Mm -hmm. Again, no exact dates we're getting. And actually, two of my sources had conflicting dates. One said it was in the 1980s and one (laughs) said it was in the 1990s. So somewhere in between those, in in the 80s and 90s, the building was renovated into that 18th century French symphony hall from the Palace of Versailles. Okay. So that is not original. That, um, That French symphony style is not original. But the Egyptian is original. (laughs) Um, In the 1990s, it saw the return of the Freemasons back to this uh, Knox building. There was also the Avenue Thrift Theater made its home there as well, and the Enid Symphony Orchestra. Cool. In the 1990s, the music director, Doug Newell, he actually ended up purchasing the top two floors of the building, and so he was able to make it into more of that symphony hall. So he only purchased the top two floors? Yes. How many floors did you say I had? Five. Okay. All right. So let's get into some spookiness. (laughs) Let's do it. There are no dolls. Oh, darn. I'm so upset about that. (laughs) One day we may have video and you all can see my faces. All right. So in 1946... Charles Knox closed the building. He was unable to afford to keep it up. Mm-hmm. People weren't renting it. So he simply closed it and it set vacant. Set vacant. For Nobody, how long? Uh, until 1981 when he sold it. Oh. Good um, grief. That's, a, that's like 40 years. Right, exactly. It was never stated why, exactly why it was ev- never sold, uh-huh. why it was never utilized for anything. It simply sat empty. Just- Crazy. Uh, between 1946 and 1981, which, uh-huh. you know, we said, no one was allowed onto those top two floors of the building when people were allowed to enter it. Enter it. That's so weird. He didn't let. And I don't know if it's because maybe the Freemasons left their things there and they had just asked, like, don't let people in here. And he respected that request. Or if it was just like, I don't know what's going on up here. We're just not going to go up there. But it was stated Maybe that they thought it was unsafe for some Possibly. Reason? Possibly, but Hmm. just no people were ever allowed on those two floors. It makes me want to know why, though. But Knox also refused to sell the building. I don't know if people offered to buy it Mm -hmm. during time. I mean, it would make me believe that somebody, somebody probably came along at some point and was like, "Hey, let's utilize this building for something else." I mean, it's a it's a pretty neat looking. I mean, we yeah. Um, or no, I've driven. Sorry, I was thinking of something else. Oh, I've driven past it several times, and it is a really neat looking building. Is it? And um, there's lots of pictures. I mean, of course, I'll post them. Um, yeah, it's really neat. It's a really neat looking building and there's so many possibilities you could have done with it. Yeah. Um, during the 40 years that the building was vacant, residents often would comment or complain to Knox or even to, you know, city officials Mm -hmm. that Knox was wasting electricity by keeping the lights on in the building. So the building had electricity to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes police and building managers would be called out because, they would be like, There's, there shouldn't be any lights on. Mm-hmm. But they often got calls about it. And um, many thought that, oh, maybe it's just a security measure that they put into place to make it look like there was somebody there. But managers often or would always swear that, no, we don't leave the lights on at night. Why would we? There's nothing here anyways. That's crazy. Uh, police and managers often made late, 
late night trips to investigate those lights. Ooh, kind of like the uh, Overholster Mansion. Right. And the, yes. And exactly. the Gill Creek exactly season. Right. Uh, so they went, they double checked the locks. They were all mm-hmm. locked. They turned all the lights back off. The next day, <laughs> they would show up and guess what we're back on? Oh, man. The lights. Uh, the building does have one resident ghost by the name of George. Hmm. Very specific. Yes, very. And I'll tell you why. Oh, okay. George uh-huh. was an elevator repairman. <sighs> I can see where this is going. There is always a repairman. You know what this means, right? You know what I, I mean. Yes, I can guess. While I have a couple on of the elevator. A couple of theories. He fell to his death mm-hmm. yep. via the elevator shaft. It's either if he falls or decapitated. Uh-huh. Or squash bite or something. Yeah. yeah. This is quite the norm back in the day, I believe, uh-huh. I feel like. He has been seen several times mm-hmm. in the building, most notably by the music director that I mentioned earlier, Newell. Uh-huh. Newell saw George and mistook him as an actual elevator repairman. Uh, George was wearing blue coveralls, and his name was embroidered on the pocket. Oh, well, that's convenient. Exactly. <laughs> and had a cigar hanging out of his mouth. Oh, that's funny. Newell said, hey, hello. George looked at him and then proceeded to walk down the stairs. Newell heard the footsteps uh-huh. going down the stairs, and then they just stopped. Ugh, gross. So Newell uh-huh. decided he was going to walk himself Why? down the stairs. Why? Why? And there was nobody there. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. Ugh. Newell called the elevator repair company that George, that was on George's coveralls. And he told them, thank you for sending someone to look at the elevator. Um, the elevator repair company mm-hmm. informed George that they, not George, they informed uh, Newell that they had not sent anybody Ooh. to go look at the elevator. Furthermore, they did not employ anybody <sighs> by the name of George. Oh, my gosh. The elevators uh-huh. to this day are said to never both be working at the same time. Oh, man. That's a nightmare all in itself. One of them is often down, even after repeated repairs. Jeez. Oh, and as of 2023, you're like, how can you not get elevators to work at this point? But uh-huh. it is what it is. Oh, man. Um, further hauntings are attributed to George or even a possible poltergeist. Oh, gosh. This gets better and better. Doors open and close on their own. Nope. Even locked ones. Nope. Sheet music has often been has often been seen being flung across the stage. <gasps> They've investigated drafts. Uh-huh. Is it the HVAC system? Nothing. Oh my gosh. Disembodied footsteps are often nope. heard. Nope. I'm out. People will often travel in twos just to be safe. And uh, there's often the smell of cigar smoke that people have have smelled. And so, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's the story of the Knox building. But I highly encourage people to go and catch a, um, a show there. I know that the theater company plays there. The symphony still plays there. So I think it would be a really cool deal. And they also have – they it's an event space. So if anybody's looking for something in Enid, there's an event space there. So – um, the symphony is where on the top two floors you said, yes. right? Yes, they actually renovated it and um, to be like a 340 seat uh, symphony hall. 
So that is on the first two floors. So that is the story of the Knox building. Well, cool. Well, that's interesting. It wasn't, I mean, it was creepy, but it wasn't as spooky as I was expecting from you. I know. Wow. But it was good. It was good. I always like hearing the history of... If anybody has any spooky stories about the Knox building, <laughs> please email us at curiouscousinsok at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or you could reach out to us at curiouscousinsok on Instagram <laughs> or at curiouscousinsokpodcast on Facebook mm-hmm. or at curiouscousinsok on Twitter because I opened the Twitter back up. Yay. <laughs> I'll, I'm in charge of the Twitter now. She's in so. charge of all social media. So. I just chip in every once yeah. in a while. Um, uh, so you are definitely welcome to. I mean, I check it all the time. But there you go. You're welcome to reach out to us on there. We would love to hear from you. The storm's like really acting up. I don't know if you guys can hear him, but it's in the background. It's We're both spooky. like looking out the window. <laughs> Super tense, right? <laughs> we haven't had that much. We haven't had a thunderstorm in forever, so no. We, I mean, we desperately need the rain. Exactly. But, um, as long as the thunderstorm isn't trying to torn a tornadic one, I'll be good. <laughs> one time. <laughs> yeah, but I also have to drive thirty minutes I home. Know, that's so. true. <laughs> so in the other duck. than that, um, we by the next episode we'll have our PO box ready to give out. Yes, and Amanda Bronner, your book is coming. It's coming. We have it. It's coming, I promise. It's coming. So, yeah, we will have that all ready to go. We, um, so yeah, I think that is everything. Um, but as always, oh, I forgot. This is what I forgot. Um, please, please, please. We so appreciate everybody who has started to rate and review us on yes, um, your favorite streaming platform please still still consider doing it we really greatly appreciate it we do we keep it coming because you guys keep us alive and you keep wanting more from us so we just ask that you do that one tiny little (laughs) thing for us and we really greatly appreciate it we are found on all major platform streaming devices including apple spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, google play (laughs) and amazon music and probably much much more that i can't even have think of right now found <laughs> so please reach out for, to us on there we would greatly appreciate it uh we also have our patreon which is up and if you are interested in having more kooky and spooky you can do there's only one tier that you can join it's our five dollar tier and you can listen to us ad free on patreon yes um because we will than- be starting yeah some sponsored yes. stuff. So other than that, Jess, tell mm-hmm. them what to keep it. Keep it kooky and spooky. Bye. Bye.